Welcome. Welcome to Know Your Roles, the podcast where every week we find unexpected connections across mixed media from film, television, music, literature, sports, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Kleiman, and this is my co-host, George Alfred Peyton Gordon III. (laughs) Take it away, George. That's a good one. I I appreciate that. Thank you, Dave. Dave, we've got a pretty amazing show. We've got renaissance person amanda zeller and we're gonna be talking about nick cage roles and baked goods before we get into all that how are you doing you know i'm i'm okay i'm maintaining i would say i think a lot of people might be experiencing this as well as far as like uh, i went from a semi-open schedule to a very full schedule mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know just trying to like keep up with the uh, you know the self-care stuff to make sure i don't grind myself down to a nub but uh, I was walking back, uh, I was walking home uh, last night from work and uh, I was listening to like a old hip hop mix and the classic microphone fiend mm-hmm. came on, uh, Eric B and Rakim, of course. And I had forgotten this line, but there's a line in it, after 12, I'm worse than a gremlin, feed me hip hop and I start trembling. That's like the fourth or fifth time gremlins has come up in like the last month. <laughs> so yeah. Things uh, things could be worse. George, how are you doing, man? I'm great. People already know this. If you follow me on social media, that uh, I am a bowling league champion. So we'll probably have the parade sometime next week. Thank you. Giving folks. you the full clap. Yeah, absolutely. The... Thank you, yes, guys. Full, full props to you. Champion of the world, George Gordon. Yeah. Everyone needs to know about it. Champion us. of the world, yeah. Ready for the PBA tour. Yeah, I got a, got a little trophy. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, like, you got to put in the work, guys. If you want to be a champion... <laughs> got to put in the work. It was a tough season. If you follow me on social media, we dealt with the injuries and the COVID restrictions and all that other good stuff. I had a hammy that I may have pulled, maybe maybe an ACL, an ankle, but all the critics out there who were just trying to bring us down, all you beat writers, I've never seen you strap on any shoes. So one thing you can't take away from me is I'm a champion. Rebecca's a champion and Kevin's a champion, my my teammate. So shout out to those guys. So, you know, I mean, you got to, it's all about putting in the work, guys. All I've got to put in the work. Um, I want to thank my parents for. <laughs> this is this is the place, George. We'll give you the time. Yeah, yeah. Just like I want to thank my parents for for uh, for settling in uh, town with uh, with two bowling alleys and starting off young. I mean, but again, it really is about putting in the work and practice. And I hate practice, but I mean, you got to do it. And I'm a champion now, so I'm good, dude. <laughs> and you'll always have that. Yeah, yeah. There's the critics the B writers can't take that away from me. The Stephen A's. I mean, I know they want to talk about us and talk about us as like there might be an asterisk by our name, but but I don't really care. I mean, because that's the end of the day. Where we were a champion and nobody can ever take that away from us. So I would just love to see the production meetings at ESPN or whatever being like, we gotta cover the gutter Williamsburg bowling league. <laughs> the gutter mini league bowling league. <laughs> I made that post and we were like, man, are you okay? It's like, this is hilarious. Or just like, 
you're losing your mind. I was like, no, I'm, it's a combination of both. So, yeah, we got I got a champion pin. So that's, that's exciting. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, man. I would wear that shit everywhere. <laughs> the competition was stiff. But again, you got to put in that work, guys. Also, by the way, if you ever hear me say put in the work ever again, I give you guys both permission to slap me across the face. So, <laughs> hey, man, you know, hard work pays off. <laughs> you got to be an athlete. You got to keep your drinking down, <laughs> your cigarette intake up. It's stressful. It's stressful. Very low bar. <laughs> but uh, jokes aside, it's awesome. I love it. And congrats. Yeah, we had to win six. We won six games in a row to win the championship. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, it's basically me, Kevin, Rebecca, uh, Shabazz Napier, Kimball Walker. <laughs> Just <laughs> people won six games in a row. <laughs> win the title. Anyway, let's go ahead and open this bar. Today on Bar Talk, we're going to be talking about Steph Curry's incredible run something we both have in common. What we just watched, because we both watched two very different shows this past weekend, and the Joel Embiid shot that has just been melting my brain this morning, which I saw last night. It's unbelievable. And he didn't make it. It's the greatest, like, whatever. We'll talk about it in just a second. But let's first talk about Steph Curry. You have a lot to talk about the Steph Curry shot, so Dave, I'm going to go ahead and let you take it away. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that Joel Embiid shot later because it was crazy. But Steph Curry is the king of taking shots that for so many years, everybody was like, that's a bad shot. Well, if you practice it <laughs> and you're really good at it, it's not a bad shot. And Steph Curry, like he's incredible. He hits 40 foot shots like they were layups. But we bring him up because he's on an unbelievable run. He might be playing the best basketball of his career. 30 points in 11 straight games. That's never been done. It was broken last night. Two nights ago. Two nights, two nights ago. ago. He was averaging crazy numbers in that stretch. Uh, 43% from three. He was the first to average 50, 40, 90, and 40 points over like a 10-game stretch. I mean, the, the numbers go, there's so many numbers. I don't want to get bogged down with them, but he can't do what, you know, the Giannis's and the LeBron or like the Kevin Durant's can do. You know, he can't play the same kind of defense. He's not as physical because he's he gives up a, a foot and 75 pounds to those guys. But I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that he's the best player in basketball, or at least, at least uh, he's the most, he might be the most unstoppable player. I mean, next to maybe Giannis, but my question for you is, is there anyone you would rather take the last shot than Steph? There's a couple of guys who are up maybe on the same level, but like, mm -hmm. he's my guy for the last shot. He's my guy. No, probably not. I mean, like the numbers does like speak for themselves. In fact, I'm going to do the numbers here. So since April 4th, he scored 37, 41, 32, 38, 53, 42, 33, 47, 49. And of course, they lost to the Washington Wizards, my favorite basketball team, in which he scored 18. He uh, averaged uh, 31 points through that stretch and averaged 40 points for the month of April. And then I'm going to read some other stuff that I have here, which is also kind of crazy. He is uh, most consecutive 30-point games, which you already mentioned, which is 11 by any player over the age of 33, which he broke. The previous mark was 10 games by Kobe Bryant. Most consecutive 30-point games by worst player since Will Chamberlain, which is 12 points. So that was in 1964. Most three-pointers over an 11th game span in NBA history, which is 78. And the Warriors are plus 8.7 when he's on the court and minus 9.1 when he's off, which is kind of ridiculous numbers. I don't know about taking a lot shot of whether or not where he, where he falls, but he's one of the more entertaining basketball players ever played because he is a slight build and he is six foot three, maybe wet. But he entertains me, like the dancing. When he gets mad, he throws a, the mouthpiece. Like, no, he's entertaining. He's Spider-Man. Like the rest of like the rest of the superheroes are he's a different kind of superhero. And so he's like he's like a he's like a kid out there. 
And his shots that he hits, I will we'll link to it, but I saw a thing that was like 10 craziest shots during this stretch. And like, I mean, he does things that other human beings can't do the way he contorts his body and the way he, he releases the ball. I mean, it's yeah, he's he's one of a kind. Yeah, he's wildly entertaining. And 33, I just it just seems like it was yesterday I was rooting for them against Kansas in the 2008 uh, NCAA championship. And now he's like. He's like a dad. He's like a he's had three kids. It's like a dad. And it's like crazy that a guy with multiple championships and consecutive MVPs mm-hmm. might be playing the best stretch of his entire career. Yeah, at 33, which is insane. It's incredible. Yeah, incredible. So they lost last night. So shout out to my Washington Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> you go one for 12 for three-pointers, Seth. <laughs> yeah, well, gotta come, gotta come down eventually. Yeah, yeah it's know? gotta come down. Yeah. The next thing we want to get into is what we watched this weekend. Um we watched two very different things. So I'll start off. I watched Mayor of Easttown with Kate Winslet. I think, I guess this is a pilot of the first episode. So there's a couple of things that it has going for it. One, I think mean, Kate Winslet's like A++++. She's doing a Delco accent. So shout out to my buddy, Sarah Walk. And we were had this very long discussion about the Delco accent and Wawa and how to do it right. And she gives uh, Kate Winslet a seven and a half on the Delco accent. But I've had some other people like, she's doing pretty well. But my only <laughs> issue is like the first episode didn't really grab me. It was like a... Because I'm, I was expecting it to be like just good, but I think it's got, it's got potential. The two things that I like about it, I love the authenticity of it because they shot it in Delaware County, so it looks like that. I like their commitment to detail as well. There's no like uh, any rock bands of music being played. I don't think any of my Doug Hill's listening to any rock bands. They're playing Dave Matthews Band, which I was like. <laughs> That that tracks. That makes more sense. <laughs> so like, uh, it was like, oh, this is an upstart band from Toronto doing the soundtrack. It's like, now Dave Matthews Band crash makes more sense on this show. But I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep at it because Kate Winslet is a plus 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 plus. What'd you watch? Well, I watched on HBO Max uh, the QAnon documentary. It's called Into the Storm. Mm-hmm. We watched the whole thing in like a week because it is wildly entertaining and a very captivating. You know, and the people that the filmmaker talks to are like cringeworthy but it's like oh my god how do these people exist although i do believe as a doc i had some issues with it mostly because the filmmaker he focuses on like figuring out the mystery of who is q and who's making these terrible posts like who's supposed to be some insider with information and stuff and he focuses on that it's entertaining it's interesting but he kind of like glosses over and lets people off the hook who were like super responsible for all the fucking awfulness that went down because of QAnon things like uh, pizza gate and, and the insurrection of course there's these middle management people that are they're called qtubers and they make like they have like youtube video channels that they that they like do analysis of like the q drops like the fucking nonsense that this person puts like on the internet and shit and they kind of paint those people as somewhat sympathetic which i don't think they are but also like the opposing talking heads are these two shitty reporters who are like supposed to be like calling this shit out but they're like kind of part of the problem because they're like yucking it up with these people at the rallies and like they're not taking it seriously and there was and i didn't feel like the filmmaker was taking like it seriously enough and there were like a lot of people that were you know there were journalists uh shout out the intercept and like plenty of journalists and and even people in politics who were saying that this was terrifying and going to lead to more stuff um you know so i think it's worth watching but i think ultimately i was kind of like you know and and these guys these 
guys that started the site 8chan, which is where like they say that you can post whatever the fuck you want and call it free speech, you know, whether it's child pornography or fucking uh, racist conspiracy bullshit and like white supremacist nonsense. And like they focus on them and it's, I kind of, I want to hear like the other stuff, but it's interesting. Like I said, it's as a film, as like a TV show, it's entertaining and I enjoyed watching it. But uh, yeah, I should also look at some other stuff about QAnon if you're interested. Yeah, or or don't because it's 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 kind of icky. It's not it's not it's not fun. <laughs> not fun. How long is this thing? They're like is there six episodes and they're like an hour. Okay. Well, so I have definitely very different things. We, we <laughs> Gladys is uh, is showing us her displeasure with uh, with QAnon. She wasn't into the doc. She's like get to the Joel and B yeah. things, and that's the last thing that we're gonna talk about. So you you saw it this morning. So for our listeners who haven't seen it. Joel B, there is like 0.6 seconds left in the game. The Sixers are down by three. Joel B gets the rebound off the Chris Paul uh, free throw miss and then threw it 85 feet to the goal, better than the two quarterbacks that they have in Philadelphia. That's going to be a running <laughs> joke in Philadelphia. The best quarterback in Philly is probably Joel Embiid yeah. in a Delco accent. Thank you. That's why I'm a comedian. But through that, that basketball, 85 feet, and it just rimmed out. So people are saying it's the greatest missed shot of all time. <laughs> It's crazy. It might be. I mean, it's crazy. Like I was saying, juxtapose that to Steph Curry because he doesn't take 85 foot shots, but he takes about 45 foot shots that aren't heaves. Mm -hmm. He makes them. They look, you know, they're close up shots. This was a heave. But uh, yeah, I mean, he just picked up the basketball and like, (laughs) I mean, it was incredible. It's incredible. He threw it on a rope. My my favorite part, though, was like he threw it and then kind of made it look like he was like, this is about to go down. And then he collapsed to the floor when he didn't make it. I was like. You did just throw it 85 feet. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> well, he's another one wildly entertaining to watch. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm renting space and I'm in your brain right now, which is like, a, which is a funny thing to say. Yeah. Anyway, it blew my mind. Uh, I watched saw it last night. I saw it again this morning. It went down, rimmed out and everybody was like, oh man. So shout out to that, that arm of Joel Embiid is like Philadelphia. I know you guys haven't named a starter that was the other big news come out of it was like they have a name their starter it was like joel Embiid is just up the street i mean i'm gonna call my bears contacts <laughs> i don't have any bears contacts it was like this it was like why haven't they been on the podcast you're holding on those days <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i mean you know my theoretical line to the gm where i just yell at him all the time exactly <laughs> So, Dave, I think this bar is tapped, so let's get on with it. All right. We're going to go ahead and sit down with our guest, Amanda Zeller. So here we go. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hello, darling human being. Oh, goodness. It's so nice to see you. Nice to see all three of you. Oh, my goodness, David, I love your basketball uh, plant hanger. Uh, You're the first person that has mentioned that. Um, How is that possible? So thank you so much. Uh, My partner, Hillary, she made that. And I meant to tell y'all this the other day, but she said she was like, that is the know your roles aesthetic. It is. (laughs) So, yes. Thank you for noticing that. It's great. It's great. It breaks my heart that I'm the first one to point that out. That's that seems like crazy. (laughs) It just means you're the coolest guest we've had on. So I'm the coolest guest. Hell yeah. <laughs> Officially now. And and I was going to introduce you, but you clearly, you clearly are on the right track already, Amanda. So Dave Kleinman, George Gordon. This is the lovely Amanda Zeller. Hello, hello. Oh, I'm so happy to see you in like a virtual person yeah. <laughs> for the first time. Yes. It's fun, right? Like George and I still haven't met in person. Like when I come back. 
he and I will actually have met in person after being like best friends for a long time. Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, I've spent our relationship just, if we just over zoom. Yes. I mean, Dave and I are also best friends who have not met in person, but you know, (laughs) is that the reality? I think so. Yeah, that's how we're meeting people now, I guess. Has there been a Zoom horror show? Because I feel like that's or a Zoom horror movie. That's got to That's got to be mm-hmm. there has been. It was, um, well, actually, I don't know if it was on Zoom. The The movie host that came out at the beginning of quarantine. It's like in it's either on Zoom or some streaming. And then the movie Unfriended is on Skype. And I actually think that's a great movie and I recommend it a lot. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer for that movie and it looked silly, but I've heard that too of people that I know and love are like, that's actually a really good horror movie. Yeah, it is very silly. It's like high school kids, which like I love because it'll be like very horrifying and scary, but then like high school reaction. (laughs) So just like crazy, like, oh my God, I can't believe It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's a cool break in the tension, or at least like for me watching it. Um, but yeah, quite scary. The first scene is really uh, hard to get through, um, horror wise. Um, but once like you get through that, the rest of the movie is like a fun ride. All right. So are the characters like there's something happening to them while they're on a Zoom call? Yeah, they are like, they're just like hanging out on Skype um and someone's on the skype call with them and they're like oh like this must be like a glitch or um some like bot that skype put in like let's exit and like rejoin to get rid of it and it's still there and it's like is this a demon is this some other presence like what's going on um and it just follows that to the end of the call (laughs) it sounds like a, a good time and i'm gonna watch that yeah, I'll give that a go. I'll give that a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I watch that, I'll be thinking about that every time I have like a Zoom call from now on, probably. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, do not log on. 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. And I'm so grateful that you carved out some time to come hang out with us today. Yeah, I'm I'm so, I'm very nervous. I told Mary Beth how nervous I was, but I'm also like very excited uh, to do this. Um, and just hang to, to have fun. I just really want to have fun. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, so every guest has, on our show, we have a game. And then, like, uh, the game that we're playing today is, is, is one of our one of my favorites. So, like, <laughs> we're going to have a blast. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all really excited. I had so much fun prepping it, too. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> awesome. Great. So did we. That's that's our goal that we want our guests to have fun uh, looking into it. Uh, well, we'll just go ahead and, and get started. You kind of alluded to it already by saying, you know, where you're seeing our faces actually like kind of in person right now because you just did some amazing work for us and you're now officially part of the team. Mm-hmm. With uh, the digital rebranding you did, I, I want to take that opportunity to thank you in person. It looks great. I, I love it. Um, I think I speak for all of us. But is so the the design stuff, is that something you've been doing for a long time? Something you've been doing this last year or so? Or? Well, oh, I don't know where to start. I was always an artist. Like growing up, that's all I did when my parents would talk about like what Amanda might do when she grows up. It was always art. And then I went off to school and I didn't draw anymore. And my parents still always like um, 
uh, categorized me as an artist in their head, even though I was like doing theater, I was doing comedy, I was doing everything else besides like putting the marker in my hand again or putting like the pen in my hand again to create art. Um, I learned Photoshop through a job a few years ago and uh, fell back in love with it. Growing up, I did a lot of Microsoft like paint. <laughs> I would just like sit making like really cool cubes of all things on on paint. Um, but it's like falling back into Photoshop um, just was uh, like my gateway back into like color um, and and playing around with different palettes and and drawing again. Um, I started doing uh, posters for shows, I think like two or three years ago. Um, like all of my like solo shows, I would I would do my own work for that. Anything that I produce, I would do the own, uh, the art for that too. And would spend so long doing it because I had so much fun um, revisiting this thing that brought me so much happiness. <laughs> um, I did a show for Mary Bess as well. I'm uh, last year, I believe. Um, yeah, hi Mary Bess, <laughs> the heart. Um, but yeah, uh, it's something that I, I really enjoy doing. Um, it's it's something that is like a passion of mine, but still like, I guess it's a hobby. I hate like those those kind of categories of like, what's a passion? What's a hobby? What's your career? What's your job? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's something that I love. It's something that I really enjoy. Um, and, and, and yeah, um, I had so much fun doing the rebranding for Know Your Roles too. Um, you all are so fun. And with everything that you're doing, like all your episodes and everything, just like the, like the spectrum of people that you were having on, um, the topics you're covering and like it being so current, I wanted something like really like fun and bold and current um, to give you all two and like a really great bold color palette. Like your old palette was still like, it was really quite bold still with like the greens and the golds. Um, so I wanted to carry that over, even though I dropped the green, sorry y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies needed. Yeah. <laughs> You're such like a renaissance person. You you direct and you do comedy and you write and you you, you did the rebranding for us. Is like, is there any platform that you like to do more than others, or is just like you just into all of it at the same time? Um, my favorite thing is the stage. So like this quarantine has been quite difficult for me, um, but that's always been my number one is um, um, being on, on stage performing. Uh, I direct a lot. I love directing so much. Um, something is really, um, there's something really special about like a director and like a good director too of, um, I think uh, oh, I'm going all over the place. <laughs> you too. Um, we'll probably talk about Moxie a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but with, with directing, I think directing is so important because it it is lending your voice to showcase who you're working with and like their voice is more. Um, so like calling things like, oh, like I'm responding to this, but also like, what do you want to be uh, like the main voice of what you're working on? Like, what do you need like the spotlight on the most? Cause I want to make sure like what you want, like I'm turning that up to 10 or I'm turning that up like past like the, the dial. I don't want to impose my voice on you or like my aesthetic, everyone's so different. Um, but I'm hoping to be able to like give my insight to turn up like what makes you special and your writing special, your acting special. Uh, like to push you even further uh, down the road of like your strengths. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is that something directing, like, are you 
focusing on, on that more now or, or, uh, you know, you still, I know you, you do a lot of different kinds of performing, yes. uh, sketch and improv and character work. Um, are you, are you, you're still doing all that stuff as well? Quarantine's been difficult. Um, which is fine. I've been writing a ton during quarantine. I have, I've written more than I've ever written in my life during quarantine, which is great. I have so much stuff that I'm excited to um, go into like the, the rehearsal process, like ready to go um, as opposed to having like the writing and the rehearsal process kind of like happening at the same time. Um, like I'm happy to like, this is done. Now I could really play um, once things reopen. Um, and I've also been teaching a lot during this quarantine and I've been directing a lot. I've been helping a lot of people mount virtual shows. Um, but the virtual stuff, like I was mounting at the beginning of quarantine, I, uh, I hated it. I was just like not having fun. Um, and like the struggle of it was affecting me, um, more negatively. Like, you know, like when you perform, you, you get off stage and you kind of have like that evaluation in yourself of like, Mm -hmm what was going well, what wasn't going well, like, was it chemistry with, like, the audience, like, what were the factors, what could I do better, and it was, I don't know, I was just, like, in a mindset, like, I can't do the scan right now, like, I didn't go well, I don't even want to think about, like, why it didn't go well, I just want to, like, let me put my efforts into other aspects that are still going to help me uh, create and and do the comedy that I want to be doing, Um, so, yeah, I've been teaching a lot, I've been directing a lot, um, and I've been writing a ton, um, and these past few months, three months, I've given myself the task of put something out there, though. <laughs> um, so I did a um, I did a solo character a few months ago. Two months ago was the first thing I did. I was very proud of it. Um, I did an ensemble piece the next month, and then this month I did a cartoon for the first time, uh, which I was also like so happy about. I did it on Photoshop, which you're like not supposed to do for animation. Like you go to After Effects, you go to like a SketchUp program or programs focused on animation, like not Photoshop. But baby, I did it. (laughs) Well, yeah, well, all that, all those, those are meant to be broken, right? Like those sayings that people say, like, you can't do this and you have to do this. And to write a screenplay, like you have to do this on the seventh page. And it's like, no, there's no, oh my God. Oh, I hate those rules. I like those rules as like guidelines. Like I think those are so important, but also yeah. like screw them. Those aren't rules. They're guidelines. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So Amanda, a question we've asked, like we've had like several musicians and, and uh, performers and this year has been tough on many levels for a lot of people, myself included, Dave, uh, Mary Beth, and pretty much everybody out there. But a lot of folks have been able to settle into what their life is now as far as what they're doing. Are you itching to get back on stage or are you kind of yeah. cool? You're, you're totally yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to, but I also like, I want things to be safe and normal. Sure. Like I'm, I'm in a hurry, but I'm not like ahead of where the world is. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. <laughs> like I, I cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned uh, teaching and about Moxie Lab, and I'd love to hear you talk about that for a bit. Is that's an organization that you started or were one of the first members? So Moxie was founded by Beth Newell, who is one of the two founders of Reductress, actually. I am terrible with dates. I should know this. I believe Moxie started 10 years ago. It's either 10 or 11 years ago. I'm pretty sure it was 10 because when I did like the introduction for Moxie and again, like didn't check the dates 
every other person involved was like, no, this is the decade marker, Amanda. Like, oh, thank you. I'm pretty sure it's 10 years, yeah. Uh, Beth Newell started it. I didn't participate the first year. I had a conflict, but I like saw it happening. I was like right next to it, but I wasn't really involved. Uh, the next year I got involved as an assistant director uh, for it. Um, Beth was running it again. Uh, Janice Schmading was involved, who's uh, just had a, a show picked up with Ed Helms out in LA, name dropping on purpose because Janice is fantastic. Um, and then the next year um, I co-ran it with Megan Gray, who used to be the artistic director of the Magnet Theater. Uh, so for eight years, I was running it alongside Megan. Um, it's great. It started off as a lab for, for women in comedy. It was originally called the Lady Sketch Lab. Um, it was like a commentary on the people that we see on stage. It was back when you would go to a show and there would be uh, like a team of eight people. Seven of them would be men. Maybe one person would be a woman on stage. Like that was it when women would go on audition for things as opposed to like auditioning for one of the eight spots that were available, really, it was, we were competing for the one spot that they were gonna have for women. So this was like a response to that. Um, and also just to get like more women involved with writing. Um, this was started up at the Magnet Theater, which is, um, it's, a, it's a comedy theater, but for the most part, it's like an improv theater. So it was also to really build up like the writing program and also to get more women involved with writing and like writing roles for us. So um, yeah, the first year it had, I think 30 people were involved and now we have over a hundred people every single year. Um, a few years ago, we rebranded, we changed the name to Moxie. It's now for uh, people who identify as a woman, non-binary or a trans person, um, which is great. Um, we also, from Moxie, another lab was created called Remix, which is for anyone who is not a heterosexual white male. <laughs> and it's great. Um, Moxie is usually at the beginning of the year, like the uh, winter, spring. Um, and then Remix is in the fall, uh, like late October going into November. Um, this was our first year having it be digital, which was so cool. I actually really loved it. I liked it more than doing it for the stage, which is like so bizarre because we're not in the same room, you know? Um, but yeah, it's for people who, it's free. It's totally free to participate. It's a, this one was a nine week crash course into everything that goes into putting up a sketch show. So I wanted everybody to get a little bit of experience, even if you're like not crazy about the work, like I want you to still like leave knowing something or learning something. Um, everyone's working on an ensemble. Everyone's got to write something. Everyone has to uh, rehearse something, memorize something, uh, figure out if, what your character is. So like, what does the character look like? What does, how does the character behave? Um, shooting stuff, editing stuff, and like finishing it off. So like everyone has to try and do a little bit of something. Um, and then, yeah, we, everyone worked on a little team. Um, it was great. I was so proud. We had six teams. Um, everyone worked their butts off. Awesome. It was just like a love fest and I'm really excited. About it. That's awesome. I think it's super cool to like, you know, have those spaces be created, um, you know, being as you pointed out how necessary they are. Is there, you know, because you do so many different forms, the character work and the improv and sketch, is there one that you, I mean, you were talking about this a little bit, but is there one that you like kind of gravitate towards or, or comes more, more like immediate to you? Yeah, um, character. I'm a character comedian. I was listening, who was I just listening to? 
I was listening to an interview with someone and like, I don't like, I don't like pigeonholing people. Like, I think that's bad, but I also like, I know what I do well and I know what I um, don't enjoy as much, I guess, but like, I'm such a freak. I'm not like you're every person. I, you, I'm not good at playing the voice of reason at all. <laughs> In scenes, I like, I love um, just like weirdos. I love like the, the, the really like silly fun stuff. Um, so I do a lot of characters. I do a lot of solo sketch as well. Um, so those are, those are like one and two kind of like the same. Um, and then I do a lot of ensemble work. I actually have not improvised in a while. I miss it. Cause for the longest time I was like improv my jam. Oh my gosh. It's like my bread and butter, my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I don't think I've improvised in maybe a year and a half. Oh, oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate admitting that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Hey, it's uh, cir- circumstantial. I don't. Yeah, you know. I've never done stand up, and I have no desire to do it, which I always think is so interesting. Because I think it's like to me, it's all the same. It's just different ways of presenting work. Like it's like everyone's got like an idea or a topic they want to talk about and have funny commentary or like jokes about it, and it's just like the presentation of everything is slightly different. You know, mm-hmm. something about like taking on. Um, a character or taking on a role is what like gets me so excited. I like, I was telling Mary Beth, I was so nervous to come on here cause I've got to be myself. And with standup <laughs> is like yourself kind of like turned up or like you're putting on a persona as like the standup and turning that up. And that's just like, Oh, Oh, I don't know. That scares me. It scares me so much. I have so much respect for, for standups and the people who have that courage uh, to do that. <laughs> Well, I, I've, I've been doing it for 15 years. You're not missing out on anything. <laughs> <laughs> now the confidence of being yourself on stage with a microphone, that's huge. <laughs> it's its fine. <laughs> so uh, I did like a deep dive on your website and I watched the Glycerine video, by the way. I can oh never hear that song without thinking about that video. How did that come about? And uh, Tell us about that work. I can't believe I have to update my website. <laughs> oh, you have my website. Oh my goodness. Um, a good friend of mine, Jenny Stoka, a uh, great comedian, great improviser. I was getting into filming. Uh, she wrote this piece um, called Cave Mom. Uh, she asked me to be in it because um, she knows I'm not afraid to be like filthy and disgusting. Anybody who's like sees me perform, like that's always the first thing they say is like, oh, this person's so endearing, but like so disgusting. And like the the where those two adjectives meet. Um, so she wanted somebody who wasn't afraid to like pour dirt and mud all over themselves. And I was like, oh yeah, perfect. That's me. Great. Like, give it to me. Like physical comedy. Yeah. Give it to me, baby. Um, I was walking home from work and for some reason I was like on a nineties like playlist and I kept starting over glycerine and glycerine. I like realized was like a guilty pleasure growing up. And I would hear it I'd be like, oh, this song sucks. Next. <laughs> Next. Through this song. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, I think I, I like this. Do I like hating this song? Like what, what's going on? I sent her a text message being like, can we do like a music video to Glycerine where I'm still like the cave mom? I don't know. I'm walking home. Like, feel free to ignore this text message. And she wrote back, let's do it. I already have storyboard started on it. Like, I'm so excited. Like, are you serious? She's like, yes. I think we shot it like the next weekend. Like the prep work for it was just like, let's go. We're going. Like, let's not uh, take our foot off the brake. Let's just have fun and go. Um it's so silly. It's so silly. Um, 
but I had, I had a lot of fun doing it. And also like, what great people and great comedians who are like, no, like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's have fun. If it sucks, it sucks. If it's great, that's great too. But like, let's just do it. Uh, I was entertained by it. Cause uh, I, I'm old enough to, I guess, to remember like, oh yeah, Bush is 16 stone. Yeah. I remember right? that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also enjoyed it too. Just of like, anytime, like, you're fully committed to a character like that and you're out in like the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's always, you know, just watching people's reactions to you. I'm sure. Oh, the best. <laughs> I had so many people take pictures of me on the bus. Cause I had to like glue all the hair and stuff on my face before we got to like set. Uh, so I was on like the B62 bus just like covered in hair with the fake teeth in and like brown dirt, like smeared all over myself in like the loincloth, but like with the coat on and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh i also watched cheat day cheat day cheat day. i did like a spit take when i watched i was like what oh yes oh that makes me so happy it was, it was yes. very funny yes thanks so much thank you that was a blackout sketch i always think blackouts are so hard but also like so easy at the same time i don't know i was happy when i was like oh this one's working great <laughs> when you find that that punch line that that hits you know oh yeah <laughs> Well, another uh, like silly but very funny and valuable thing that you did during this last year was uh, your rating system your for films, uh, which I kind of would like to get into because I'd like to hear you explain it. Um, but you rate films in potatoes. So I, I think that's that's just just that statement alone is is fantastic. I forgot we were talking about this. Yeah, when Mary Beth told us about this, we were both like, yeah, we definitely want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like, I don't know, it started just as like a goof, you know, like Rotten Tomatoes has the reviews, like what's like the easiest step, like not even like A to D, let me just go like A to B, tomatoes, okay, mine's going to be potatoes, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, how do you do potatoes, mashed potatoes, to Rotten Tomatoes is on a scale of 100, let me make mine 200, like the laziest moves away from it. Um, no, it's just some silly bit, but that's um, how I categorize and now rate movies. Um, and it's been a fun thing. It's been a super fun thing for me um, because um, for the longest time, I actually didn't uh, watch a lot of movies. I would be the kind of person who I used to have a DVD player. So I'd come home from work and just like put the same movies on over and over and over again. So there's like 10 movies in my life that I've seen maybe like 2000 times. And as opposed to like knowing classics or like having my pulse on like what, what's new, what's coming out, like what's other, like other actors work. I had so many holes in my knowledge of it. Um, I forgot when I started doing this, but it was when I like told myself, no, like go out and see movies, Amanda, like go and watch stuff that's like been very influential, but also just like know the creators. Um, and then yeah, my little reviews to help me like keep track of uh, what I, what I dug, why I dug it. Like, why am I taking uh, potatoes off? <laughs> why am I awarding potatoes? <laughs> will, will you give us uh, an example of uh of something you rated with potatoes? Yes, yes. What did I, um, oh, real stinker. Um, uh, this got really good reviews, not really good reviews, but it's got like mediocre to good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes was the movie Desperately Seeking Susan. 
It's like that Madonna movie. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you two seen it? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. By Susan oh, oh. Seidelman, who uh, is a professor at NYU. What, what did you think of it? I think it's, uh, it's well, it just happens to have my favorite Madonna song, which is Getting to the Groove. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, the movie, I think it's just fine. But like this, I think that song is awesome. So that's all I'd <laughs> yeah, say about it. But yeah. I, I love that song. I haven't seen it in so many years, but like in my memory, it it's like maybe better than than terrible. <laughs> like it's 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 got some value. Like it's not it's not that bad. Right? Like it's one of Madonna's better movies. And that's not saying much, but <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I think the one thing it has going for it for me, I like seeing New York in the eighties. Yes, me too. Yeah, me too. yeah and. So that's fun. So you have to tell us what you thought. Okay. I'm sorry that I started with this one. I hate being negative and I started with something that I hate. <laughs> that's fine. We do that here. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I agree. With, I loved, I love seeing, I love the eighties so much in terms of just like aesthetic and color. I, I love it. Uh, like fashion favorite. Um, like I thought the costuming in the movie was great. I thought the hairstyles were awesome. Uh, I thought like the, the, the main guy also was like dressed really well and just like seeing New York. I loved it. I hated this movie. I couldn't get through it. Um, I gave it five potatoes, I think. <laughs> like, five potatoes were for just like, I think costuming and that was it. I thought the acting was horrible. I thought the story was stupid. Um, <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I can't believe I finished it. It took me so long to get there. It took me like two weeks to finish it. And it's only like an hour and a half or so. <laughs> I'm always distracted about by movies in New York by apartments. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, main, I forget, the main guy, I think it was like a delivery person. Yeah. And it was in like the biggest apartment I've right. ever seen in my entire life. And it was gorgeous too. Right, like, right, right. Huge refrigerator. He's like, "Where did my refrigerator go?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like a fish tank dividing the room. Right. <laughs> like, man, that's that's like a quarter of a million dollars. What are we doing? What kind of apartment is this? Crazy, crazy. Oh. So I've got a question to ask you for uh, about because, like, I heard that you are a wrestling fan. Okay. And uh, I'm also a pro wrestling fan. Where like whenever we find each other, we're almost sort of like Kendra Spirits. It's like we have to have a conversation about wrestling. And I don't really want to talk get into too much about about pro wrestling, but I do want to talk about the uh, the Bianca Belair and uh, and uh, Sasha Banks match. So, what did you think of that match, WrestleMania from last weekend? I thought it was great. I I um, I was telling Mary Beth. So I love um, I love wrestling. But I, like I watch WWE, but I really like only watch it for the for the women's division. I like mm-hmm. so excited just for every single match. I think Sasha is unbelievable. I think Sasha is such a great great talent. And Bianca, I I believe is the ESC. I love her so so much. And like her, she's also one of the most. Um, um, just like in the ring, just like a very like warm and like humble person. Like I can't wait to see like what's gonna happen if she ever turns heel. Mm-hmm. It's just like all heart. Um, I thought the match was awesome when that whip happened across Sasha's waist. Oh my gosh, felt it. Oh, I felt it. Oh. I mean, Amanda, I watched it probably like seven or eight times because I was like blown away. And I love watching people watch stuff. And you look at the audience, and everybody's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> So Dave and producer Mary Best is like uh, uh, Bianca Belair has got really really long Huge, hair, big braid, like as a and she used it as a uh, 
Yeah, big braid. She used it as a finisher move. I've seen her. Oh, I saw I saw that move. I'm this is making me so happy. I'm so happy that like George has like a wrestling buddy to talk oh, yeah. to about wrestling. You're, you're the first person I've gotten to talk to you got to speak to like over something <laughs> other than text about the match. I think the thing I like a little about it is like I could show somebody that who has never watched wrestling is not a wrestling fan and they can follow the story that they were trying to tell. And that's what made it so yeah, great. I completely agree. I hear this pitch all the time of if you uh, show anybody like one, one match to like hook somebody into it or have them like understand the story, like what would it be like? This is such a popular topic. And I never know like the answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, that match was was great. That was so good. I love seeing Sasha as a heel. I don't think Sasha's a Sasha's a great face, but I think Sasha's such a great, great heel <laughs> too. She's she's better as as a heel. The, the baby face, I don't think it's doesn't really work for her naturally, but as a heel. It's, it's she's she's phenomenal i agree it's like oscar i can never see oscar as a heel even when oscar was a heel it's like no still baby face always yeah still a baby face yeah. <laughs> we're doing all the lingo too this is so exciting <laughs> yeah it's great i love it well amanda of course we don't want to take up too much of your time i'm having so much fun talking to you but we do need to get into our our, our game and uh all of us have prepared so much for this for this this is seriously this is one of our favorite games we've gotten to do uh, here at the Know Your Rules podcast, we compare like two things. Assume we have nothing to do with each other and connect them. And today we're doing Nicholas Cage rolls and baked goods. Uh, I gotta get my I gotta get my notes out because I got I got a lot going on over yeah. here. I just pulled up my Microsoft Word document. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every week is like whenever we have guests, I go first. Dave goes uh, goes second, and our guests will will go last to close out the show. So I'm gonna start it off with a with with an interesting choice. Uh, I'm gonna start it off with uh with Charlie from Peggy Sue got married on my list too. Oh, right I on! <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. This was the one that was actually the most obvious to me, but I can't. Okay, 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 okay. And I have to hold my mouth. I like. I don't. I don't comment if I have the same one. As no, it's like we 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 just keep going because like uh, I mean a lot of us are gonna say some of the same things. Uh, yeah, I got it. Okay. This is this is a this is a bizarre movie because like or bizarre performance by him because I was telling these guys earlier I was like. Everybody else is in one movie. He's in a completely different movie. That accent is so weird. It's like ah, ah, ah. the way he says "wang," just like my, you mean my wag? Wang. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I don't get it. I actually kind of like Nick Cage when he's a little like he kind of dials it back, but he's like really going for it in this. So I'm the the pastry that I have for this is very specific. It is from uh, Voodoo Donuts in yeah. Portland, Oregon. I have a School Days PB&J, which is a jelly-filled donut topped with peanut butter and a side of a uh, dipped peanuts because it's just, it's, in essence, not for me. It's like, it's just, too, it's too much. It's just too much. <laughs> uh, real quick, George. Um, so, so will you tell us what character that is in, in the film? So uh, he plays a character named Charlie, which is Peggy Sue's, uh, boyfriend and then husband uh the movie like works on so many levels it's like i like fantasy i like time travel i'm like sign me up kathleen turner francis ford coppola 85 i'm like yes 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 and then he comes on with this like this 60s like hairdo and like yeah, yeah it's just too much it's just way too much <laughs> all right dave what's, what's your first nick cage role um well that's like uh so, so my first one is what you were saying how like 
he is in a different movie than everybody else. That's kind of a common through line with him and his performances. Uh, but in, there's some movies where it works and uh, because of the construct of the movie and the first character I'm in, I'm going to say, which also may be on your list, Amanda, because I know Mary Beth said that you're a big fan of this movie as well. And that's the character of Ronnie Camareri from Moonstruck. Okay. Because he is doing, he's on 10, he's on 10 almost the whole time. And he is in like a Tennessee Williams level drama. And like everybody else is in like a slapstick comedy, but it, because he's so committed, it works so well. Um, just a little background on the character of Ronnie. He is the brother of Danny Aiello, who she, who share the lead is, uh, engaged to but like not really into and uh she meets nicholas cage's character ronnie and kind of falls for him but his character is so funny because he he has one hand he lost uh he's a baker first of all which ties into the baker thing um he lost a hand in in uh in an accident with a bread slicer <laughs> so Yes, it's amazing. I think this movie is incredible. I think he's incredible. Like I said, it's one of the best examples of him like going over the top, but actually working. And that's why as a as a baked good, it's a chocolate croissant. Ronnie Camareri is the chocolate croissant because it's chocolate, butter, flaky, pastry, delicious. Not something you should have every day, but in the morning with a coffee, you can't beat it. Just like you can't beat Moonstruck. Great movie maybe doesn't get enough credit for being so good. Yeah, and Amanda, I know I know Dave uh Dave was filling us in that um that Ronnie's character lost a hand. Did he lose anything else? He lost his hand I mean? and he lost his bra. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't see that movie now without thinking of Amanda Zeller and it makes my heart so full. I love it so much. I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Johnny had his hand. Johnny had his bride. What do you want me to put away my heartbreak and forget? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. And he's like pointing at his hand. It's so good. It's so good. So good. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my. I have both of those on my list. Great. Um, Oh, I don't know which one to do. I guess I'll 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 do also Charlie um, from Peggy Sue uh, got married. So I I love Nicolas Cage in this role uh, because of um, there's like the stories behind this role. Like he there's so many different like what's true, what's not. But like one of them was like him just like holding on to choices, and, like really believing in them, like regardless of like whether or not they like actually fit. And then like the other story was like him purposely making these ridiculous choices because he hated the movie and wanted to get fired from it. There's like these different uh, stories mm -hmm. about like what was going on while this movie was being made. <laughs> Nicholas Cage not only like held on to the stupidest voice choice for this from start to finish, but also put in fake teeth as well for this whole movie just like the choices like I, I actually really love that um for him in this role I also thought um everything that he was doing was just like over the top um that I was trying to think of like a, a baked good or just like a dessert that was like so over the top so I, I'm kind of cheating a little bit with my first one but that is okay so do you all know like those crazy like over the top milkshakes where it's like a milkshake and it's like coated in ice cream and sprinkles and there's also like a piece of cake on yes. top. so i think 
Charlie from Peggy Sue Got Married is one of those black tap crazy milkshakes that has like, it's like a black and white milkshake, fruity pebbles, yeah. for like a color and like this maybe should not go here, a whole piece of cake on top. And then like the straw is a hollowed out uh, pretzel that you have to like sip the milkshake up through. Just like the most over the top crazy thing. Uh, that's what I think Charlie was from uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. And also like sweet, like the 60s, like the 50s, 60s, like malt shop, like I think that's I think that's that's my uh that's my pitch for what Charlie is for Peggy Sue. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, both things you should not like are way more sugary than than any human being. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, like the <laughs> biggest sugar rush <laughs> too. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 George. Uh so I'm gonna go uh a little dark. Yes. My next one is uh Ben from Leaving Las Vegas. All right. Um, uh, so he he wins the Oscar for this movie. Um him and Elizabeth Schiff were both nominated. He won. Uh, I actually thought her part was a little bit harder. That's the harder part of the other two movies. But he's 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 really good. It's not meant for repeat viewings. I've seen it a couple times, and a couple times is enough. Uh, he's he's not really going for it. He's like uh, I read an article with him like I guess years ago when the movie came out that he was kind of going for Dudley Moore and Arthur and uh, Spencer Tracy in uh, some of his movies. Like somewhere in between as far as like playing an alcoholic on film. So he figured those were two of the best. So he ends up winning an Oscar for this movie. Like I said, it's not something that you want to get all the time, but it is an interesting movie to watch maybe once. That is why he is a cinnamon roll from Cinnabon. And that's the, just like it's, it's just like it's not good for you. You can see the entertainment value. You're like, yeah, no, it's good. It's good but I'm not going to do this again. It's not good for you. I'm not going to ever do this again. Yeah. So Ben from Leaving Las Vegas is a Cinnabon, cinnamon roll from Cinnabon. Hell yes. Hell yes. yes. Love it. Uh, that's a, that's a through line. I think of a lot of these of like, not, it's not good for you. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that's why like my next one is I'll be honest, a movie that I've never seen. I'm never going to okay, see okay. it. I, I don't think, I don't think many people have seen this movie. However, probably all of us on this conversation have seen clips from this movie because it's in every single super cut of like Nicolas Cage freakouts and Conan O'Brien used to use it on his show, like almost on a regular basis, just as a non sequitur, this one clip. And the character I'm talking about is named Edward Malus from the movie, the wicker man, which is a remake of course. And apparently the original is actually like a pretty worthwhile movie. And like, I don't want to know what the movie's about. I don't, care but the one scene where he gets punished by like he gets a helmet a helmet cage on top of his head with bees they release bees in it and the clip that conan always used is like the bees not the bees and nicholas cage is freaking out on like level 100 and so it's a movie where i will enjoy that scene for the rest of my life but i will never watch the movie which is why it is uh diner cherry pie like with like <laughs> can't can cherry filling because like i would take a bite of it and like enjoy it but if you eat like the whole thing it's like it's not it's not going to be satisfying so yeah wicker man uh edward malice in the wicker man is diner cherry pie hell yeah i saw <laughs> nicholas cage in the wicker man on opening night baby <laughs> well, if you're gonna do it that's how you gotta do it you know like you gotta like actually do it and get probably be on some kind of a, some kind of drugs um oh, maybe and uh yeah. yeah i'm sure that was a good time 
it was it was not a good movie but that that scene is hyster- we all know that scene it's hysterical <laughs> it's it's something else that's for sure like mm-hmm. yeah it's hard like seeing it out of context you're like how can this exist in a movie <laughs> like what is this movie oh, i love movies like that where it's yeah. just like good 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 i'm like happy people are making kind of bad stuff you know you know what i mean it gives me hope (laughs) yeah yeah, totally totally um all right you're uh you're next all right i'm gonna do also another remake another one of my absolute favorite um i think one of my favorite movies um memphis reigns gone in 60 seconds like the best opening sequence like in my opinion i, I don't know I, I think it was like 11 when this movie came out with like the moby song like flower this like showing like the pictures oh my gosh i think that's so powerful i want to like steal that for a show i think it's so fun um so memphis reigns uh i one of my favorite characters also older brother uh a car uh uh, steals all these cars little brother's in danger what uh, older brother's like no brother i like i'm not in that field anymore i now like run a go-kart uh track for little kids you need my help okay so somebody who is like always there for you reliable good at what they do but also like it was bad, like has a bad steal, you know, streak, like steal cars, expensive cars. So in my opinion, Memphis Reigns has to be like a twist on something we love. So I put him as a cinnamon chocolate chip cookie. So all of that comfort and love, like who doesn't love a chocolate chip cookie, a warm out of the oven chocolate chip cookie, but there needs to be a kick about it. So the cinnamon throwing in there and the dough uh, to give you that little bit of badassery. That's what I think uh, Memphis Reigns is. That's great. I feel like you and I, we play in the same sandbox because I have that movie and <laughs> and that something like that. On when I, but I'm saving that for a little bit later. okay so for my next one oh wait can i just say one more thing go ahead please bad joke also like chocolate chip cookies they're god in six (laughs) (laughs) i think we're done guys like that's i don't know if we're gonna top that i love it i love it Okay, so for my next one, um, this is something I've seen several times that I haven't watched uh, until a couple months ago, and I forgot how much I enjoyed it. And I'm talking about Roy from Match Six Men. Again, I like I like Nicolas Cage when he sort of kind of like dials it back until his agoraphobia kicks in. He starts chain smoking. He starts doing the eye twitch, and I'm like, oh, Nicolas Cage. But then he'll bring it back to you. It's like, okay, all right. Which is why Roy Waller is like a Rice Krispie treat. You know, he was like, he was like, you have one, and you're like, oh, I forgot how much I like this. This is so good. So Roy, Matchstick Man is like Rice Krispie treat. I love that. Also, like the deception, like they look so hard, but they're so gooey. So baby. Good. <laughs> um, that's a pretty I, I haven't seen that in a while either. That's a good movie. Uh, Sam Rockwell it's, it's, is awesome. It's wildly entertaining. There's a lot of good people in that. Um, all right. So my next one is another performance that is like it is so over the top uh it 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 kind of works because the movie is over the top but i don't think like i haven't seen it in many years and i don't recommend watching it necessarily and the character's name is pete 
David hates Nicholas Cage. I, I, no, it sounds like <laughs> no, it. I, I, this movie was terrible. Uh, yeah, this one also, sounds like I it. I actually love Nicholas Cage. I used to have this theory about him that, like, when he plays characters that are like mentally stable he's not that good and when he plays characters that are unstable he is good um but uh but um which is the opposite of how george feels but i was looking at his imdb and i was like wow he's actually in way more movies that i love than i remembered um but this movie is just a weird 80s movie and his name is peter lowe and that's vampire's kiss oh yes and and vampire's kiss kind of like it put him like it was one of the first like performances where he just like he's out in left field somewhere doing like his own thing and he is unhinged wild out of control maybe another way to say that is rich which is why at, as a baked good kind kind of where george was going earlier with the voodoo donuts peter lowe is the crazy donut like these, yeah, George mentioned one of them. I had wrote down that pe- peanut butter and jelly and bacon, but also somebody makes a grilled cheese donut. Oh, that sounds awesome. There's going to be a tomato in it, though, for that vampire. <laughs> uh, lic- licorice donuts. Wasabi donuts. Yeah. So uh, Peter Lowe is out there and unhinged like those donuts are. So Sometimes good, sometimes not. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, which one do I want to do next? Um, I'll do this one. So um, I'm going to do um, a movie that um, celebrates Nicolas Cage and the, the the gutsiness of his performance and the the like the people who purposely like don't put the gate on for him just like let him play so i chose nicholas cage's performance of red miller in the film mandy uh love this movie i actually had a hard time trying to like find a baked good that i thought like captured nick cage and like the the like the, the like the darkness but like the power and the fun of this role too so i i, I made something up so a, a dark chocolate and red velvet layer cake and the icing is of course designed to look like a tiger and spiked with uh, with Kahlua and Bailey's because those are like the most delicious, but also, but also like it, it give you that sick feeling and also like, uh, and also just like being drunk because this movie is just like, it is, it's a drug. This movie is a drug. Um, and you have to cut the cake though with a chainsaw because of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I also like pictured red as a cake. Like I'm like, red can't be a donut. Red can't be pie. It's not like a, a, a cupcake where you just have it done in like two bites. Like, this has to be a huge, huge effing cake. So I pictured like in a like a 12 layer, just like darkest chocolate and then like the bloodiest red velvet. <laughs> I appreciate uh, the lengths you, you've gone to uh, to for us. <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> you've ma- you're making your own baked goods now. <laughs> I know, right? I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll make a 12, 12 layer. Cake. <laughs> While watching all the Nicolas Cage movies. Oh yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. Have you seen Mandy like with him in the bathroom? Like one of my favorite like scenes period of like, Oh, just like the breakdown and the heartbreak. Ah, oh, oh, yeah. love, 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 love. And, like pouring the vodka. Yeah. Like you said, the ones that are like tailor made to, to him are, are 
Yeah. Are good. George, your next one. So I usually try to save the last couple for 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 the better George Gordon performances of me telling them. And uh, of course, I'm going to have to choose one of the greatest movies of all time, the John Woo directed Face Off. So Caster, MF, and Troy, one of the greatest characters of all time. I saw this opening weekend. I think I was a sophomore in college or whatever. It's incredible. And I, if, if it's on TV and I'm like, oh, shit. I have to watch this now. It was like, I was like, I gotta go to the gym. It's like, ah, oh, but face off just started. It looks like we're not going to the gym today. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor motherfucking Troy. in one of the greatest movies of all time. And they're both of them are just going for it. In fact, I've mentioned this in uh, another platform that Mary Best and I work on. They're like uh Nicholas Cage is caging. John Travolta is travolting. <laughs> and they're, it's one of the best movies of all time. And I gotta, I gotta give it one of the best uh, baked goods of all time. Caster Troy is the red velvet cupcake of Baker's. It's just that fucking good. In fact, if I didn't have to work, I'd probably watch that later. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, all right. So my next one, I, I also made these last two kind of like the more personal ones. Um, Cause this one, this role, I don't know if I would, I, I'm, I do know, I'm not going to call it his best performance because that's going to be my last one, but I think it's my favorite performance of his and it might be what I think is, it's one of the best movies I think that he's ever been in, which is the character of H.I. McDonough from Raising Arizona. I mean, he is so funny in that movie and that, I think that movie is like, I, I could watch that movie every single day the chemistry that he has with holly hunter is so good and that is why as a baked good it's a h.i mcdonough is a blueberry muffin because oh, i, I could eat it every day not too sweet also somewhat savory probably shouldn't eat it every day probably shouldn't watch raising arizona every day either but i could if you challenged me i would do it so yes amanda <laughs> So uh, I saved my two favorite Nicolas Cage movies for last as well. So this one um, is like um, what George was saying, uh, like when Face Off is on TV, you're not getting the rest of the day done. Everything is canceled. So mine is Con Air uh, with Cameron Poe. So if Con Air is on TV, I'm not going out. My plans are canceled. I'm not going to the gym. Like, that's it. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm watching Con Air. I don't know if you can see. I should have brought it over, but I'm a dummy. But I have a Cameron Poe pillow right here on my couch. (laughs) I love this movie so much. Great cast. Unbelievable cast. Um, so I was thinking about Cameron Poe, thinking about Nicolas Cage's performance in this, of a very warm character, still like a badass, but like very warm, about, about family, somebody who is sweet, somebody who's Southern, um, but still like, you know, it doesn't matter what situation they're in, they will get the job done. And also like this balance of sweet and hard. I was trying to think of comfort. When I think of comfort, I go for cookies, but I also go for pie. So I picked a pecan pie for Cameron Poe. uh, And then the pecans have that sweetness, but also the hardness to them. So Cameron Poe is a pecan pie and he's probably in a box with a bunny. Nice. (laughs) 
<laughs> that like opening that scene of like his backstory like that that scene that movie is out of control <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god also great song <laughs> yeah. how do i live great song oh yeah 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 all right, guys. So for my final one, I struggled a little bit. Do I choose Rink Santoro from Snake Eyes? I love that movie. It's it's so good. The Brian De Palma directed from 1998. Do I pick that one? It was like, maybe not. It was like, we can do better. Do I choose Dr. Stanley Goosby from The Rock? <gasps> I like, forgot like, about The Rock. <laughs> you forgot about The Rock. Why did oh, I man. forget about The Rock? Oh, my God. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, George. No, no, please, please, please do. And it's like, do I choose him? Because I also love that movie. But I think I love Sean Connery just a little bit more because it is Sean Connery. It's like, welcome to The Rock. How can you not love that movie? And I've actually been to Alcatraz. I'm like, and I, it's like, oh, this is great. But I, too, also chose Randall Memphis Range in Gone in 60 Seconds because of all his movies, I have probably seen that one the most. Now, remember, I always say I like understated Nick Nicholas Cage. And this is a guy who's just a car thief. He's got to save his brother. Everybody else, oddly enough, is overacting in this movie. And he's the one that's sort of like, I'm going to let you guys do the thing. And I'm just going to be the badass car thief. It's like, think of all the other all the other actors in this movie. Giovanni Ribisi, totally overacting with the hair and all that. It was like, uh, <laughs> um, uh, who else is in that? Uh, it's, oh, shoot. Angelina Jolie with the hair. And like, yeah. they're all really going for it. Bleach blonde, oh, yeah. like, wet, dread thing. <laughs> Right, they're all going for it. All the other like side characters, the Scott Con, they're all really going for it. But Nicholas Cage is like, nah, I'm the I'm the badass. It's like you can enjoy this every day and it not be something too much, which is why Randall Memphis Reigns and Gone on 60 Seconds is my favorite baked good, is my favorite dessert. And I'm gonna add another thing to that. It's the chocolate chip cookie with a nice tall glass of milk. Because that's how oh, yeah. much I fucking enjoy it. <laughs> look at these look at these minds yeah, the like, it's a cookie yeah, it's a chocolate chip cookie yep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. oh that makes me so happy that we picked something like oh 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 that absolutely makes me... awesome. <laughs> um all right so my last one i chose a nicholas cage role that's actually two roles and i I think it's his best performance. It's what I think, you know, I think this movie is incredible. And I'm talking about, of course, his characters of Charlie and Donald Kaufman from Adaptation, uh, which I mean, the the rain, the like everything that we've been talking about, about Nicolas Cage, about like, oh, doing it, going super hard. And, and like he does everything in this movie, but it like it works. He has the two characters. They have like very defined personalities and they like he acts against himself so so well which kind of makes sense when you think about like how he's always like in his own world anyway um and that's why i am choosing to uh have an excuse to talk i love to on this show have an excuse to talk about any uh time i've taken a trip anywhere um so i'm going to continue to do that and do that every every chance I un, unapologetically every chance I get, uh, and that's why uh, Charlie and Donald Kaufman from Adaptation are the best baked good I've ever had, and that is a fig and ricotta croissant in Italy. <laughs> um, in Bologna, that sounds unbelievable. In Bologna, Italy, it was unbelievable. It's like a whole fig on top, and like that's also why it's uh, these two roles because it's. It's uh, the ricotta is like the the uh, the introverted uh, neurotic brother 
Charlie, I believe. And uh, the fig is like the more bold, flavorful, wild out there character. Uh, so yeah, Nicolas Cage, Charlie Kauf- Charlie, and Donald Kaufman in uh, Kaufman, I should say, because that's how he says it, um, uh, are the fig and ricotta croissant from Sartoria it. Cafe. <laughs> so Amanda. I love it. Oh, I love it. All right. I'm ending with my favorite movie of all time. My favorite Nicolas Cage movie. It's Moonstruck. I love Moonstruck so much. I watch it every year on my birthday when I go out to dinner with my family and go home and I make everyone watch Moonstruck. (laughs) Uh, I love Cher also so much. It's like Nicolas Cage, Cher. Oh my gosh. Um, So I I love this role. Um, It's, I I, I just love this role so much. Um, A lot of people like talk about Nicolas Cage just like being so um so free like off the leash just like wild like swinging so hard making really bold choices and like people calling like him crazy like I I get it but I also like don't because <laughs> like people are like that though like we're all like a little wild a little bit crazy um and I just love this character of Ronnie and like this person who is just like so heartbroken um to the point where he's just like aggressive and mean and like lashes out but then like when he finds love he's so like he's a new person and he's like oh but he's not fighting the love he's like letting it into his life and he's just warm all of a sudden so like there's like duality of of ronnie um and um so i was looking at this performance um and like the movie itself like it is it's la bohème like it is an opera but also like nicholas cage's performance is also like it's so operatic too like what's an operatic baked good like what's an operatic dessert um so uh, i i picked a, a raw tiramisu raw because the emotions are so raw and a tiramisu um because of of the 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 two flavors coming together like the chocolate and the cream so like the like the the heartbreak and the love like finding the coming together to meet um and then like tiramisu is layered with lady fingers because of uh, he's a ladies man (laughs) (laughs) All the girls love him, even when he's heartbroken. You know, Ronnie, I still love him so much. Yeah. I can tell him I love him. Though. Oh, he lost his bride. He's crazy about his bride, not me. Oh, Chrissy, get me the knife. I won't do it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I just watched that part before we did this uh, show. Uh, that scene. Yeah. And how dramatic also. It's like the dark basement. The yeah. only light yeah. is from the oven yeah. of the fire. And like, yeah. Ronnie, <laughs> like this, you only see part of his face. Head like, who's there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like he's a baker, but he's like in this like basement dungeon, and he's like shoveling coal into a furnace. <laughs> I freaking love it! Oh, I love it! The drama, <laughs> a heightened drama. Oh my, I love it so much. Oh, oh, my favorite, my favorite one. Shares nuts too. The Loretta meets this guy and me. Like I gotta get my hair done. I gotta get dressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that movie is so good. It's so good. Oh my gosh. That that love scene. I was lost. Me too, baby. Me too. Like in the throes of passion. Uh, where are you bringing me? <laughs> to the bed. Okay, fine. Take me to the bed. <laughs> well, I think uh I think we did it. I uh oh man, this I like George said, I think this was one of the most fun games. I mean, I could talk about Nicolas Cage roles for a long a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I was torn through a lot of different roles to do. So yeah. it's like 
Yeah, I wrote down about 10 and only so used five. So same, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This also like a great game for like any actor. Like, look at their role, the choices, the breakdown. Like, what are they bringing to this role? Okay, now let's look at how chocolate plays its role. <laughs> <in this. laughs> yeah. yeah, and he definitely like he's someone who has a thing. You know, like he has a thing. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even look. I wonder if there was like a through line ingredient for all of them. If there was like, a, I don't know, like buttercream was you picked for every single. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It works. You could do any. You could you could mold anything to him. One hundred percent. Well, Amanda, you've been more than generous with your time. Uh, before we let you go, uh, Dave, do you have anything else for Amanda? Um, Mary Beth said, are you, are you drumming now, Amanda? I am is that... yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. Did you, uh, there's no limit to, uh, your talent and interest. It seems. No, <laughs> you're so sweet. I, I picked up drumming right before, uh, quarantine, uh, happened. I, I was drumming for about a month and a half, I think, um, on a drum kit. I'm, I'm a little drum pad next to me to practice, uh, but I go to a drum studio every Thursday night um, to to practice and to get better. Um, last week, my teacher uh, taught me a little pop punk. <laughs> so I learned some Jimmy World and I learned some, I, I asked him to do Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and we're like, oh, like if we're doing like lit and stuff, like let's also some ska punk too and i'll find out what we're doing tonight we'll see <laughs> yeah it's been about a year i've been playing awesome now. always uh good to you know have more artistic outlets i think 100 mm -hmm. plug something for us give us something uh to look forward to what what do you have coming up what, what where can we find you um, you, you could find me on my website once I update. <laughs> I believe it's Amanda. I should know my website. It's amandazellercomedy.com. Um, I'll be. That's correct, Amanda. That, that is the website. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm, I will be teaching some classes. They'll be coming up in June. They have not yet been posted yet. And I will be premiering, um, some new work of mine. Um, well, I should know it's like May 20th, I think, or the, no, May 20th is a Thursday. That's Cher's birthday. It's whatever the Monday after Cher's birthday is. I'll be premiering some, uh, some, some new video, uh, I got to figure it out. I'm, I might be building a lot of like props and puppets for it. I need to pick it, <laughs> like build it and see what, uh, what I could do in my timeline. Uh, be a new digital content for me there. And I will put it on my website at amandazellercomedy.com. Be like my, uh, uh, the, the kick to update everything. Well, again, we, we thank you. Thank uh, producer you so Mary much, Best, you want to come thank back and say, uh, say a few things. Rebranding. It's fantastic. Um, as, as the fellows have mentioned, and I will reiterate, um, you are so incredibly talented yeah. and lovely. And I am just, we are so fortunate to, to have you on the team and to, to get to spend some time with you and learn more about what you do and what you're, what you're up to, what's coming next. Um, I, I cannot wait to see this new digital content with puppets. Uh, we're going to have to talk off pod about, about the puppet stuff that you're doing. Cause that, that just makes me so happy. <laughs> But I gotta figure it out. I gotta figure out the build of it. I might scrap it to do just like big props. We'll see. We'll see. I need to figure out what the what's possible. <laughs> it's gonna be great, and I I can't wait. I can't wait to see you and hug you in person soon. Oh, same. Oh, I love you so much, Mary Beth. I love you too. Uh, and we'll we'll talk to you again soon. As we've said with a few other guests that I know um, 
uh, are friends of mine who Dave and George have also like fallen in love with just by talking to for an hour. Um, we're, we're definitely going to have to get together in person soon and, and visit and hang out and talk more about Nick Cage roles. And, and we'll, maybe we'll even get into the Jim Carrey uh, conversations mm-hmm. too. Cause those are worth having. As well. <laughs> yeah. Those two people, I'm sure we can all hold a conversation for a long time about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Quality performers. Those are like the best. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much. I think we all had a, had a blast. Thank you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was so much fun. <laughs> if you ever want to play that game again, I am so down. I had so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in. Yeah, we're in. Well, have a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful afternoon, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. All right. We're back again. We want to thank Amanda Zeller. Definitely check out her website, amandazellercomedy.com. Uh, definitely check for her classes at the Magnet Theater of NYC. Yeah, she's very talented. A lot of uh, cool stuff going on. So that that was a great convo. Again, we want to thank Amanda for the tremendous work she did for us, and now part of the Know Your Roles team with our digital rebranding. And I think we, I speak for everyone here, saying that we love the design. It's so cool. And uh, yeah, I always wanted to uh, see myself as a cartoon. So that was it's a lifelong dream. <laughs> and if y'all like it you should consider hiring her for design work because she's awesome. So yes, everybody. Thank you very much to Amanda Zeller. Now we're going to move into last call where we tell uh, what we're kind of looking at and what we're looking forward to. George, uh, what do you got? Uh, Just this one thing. I have the rare Saturday off. So I'm going to go do like a day hang. And I want to shout out this record store. Uh, They're called Head Sounds Records. They're on 88 South Portland Avenue and uh fork green and they're gonna be doing like this record expo and they're gonna be selling records outside uh, but there's gonna be a few bands playing and it's gonna do like a like a whole little like a like fork green little hang there over there so shout out to those guys for head sounds thank you guys for inviting me i have the saturday off so i'm gonna go check it out and also i'm gonna shout out my friend heidi vanderley who has a who, her new album came out this week called uh vocations i got it on vinyl just came in the mail the other day it's great uh and the name of her band is called early riser so Shout out to uh, Head Sounds and shout out to my friend Heidi and her new band, uh, Early Riser, and their new record, Vocations. Dave. Awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing. I I just for a second uh, want to be real, you know, and talk about a little bit heavier stuff. Uh, first, I want to mention that my this is related, that a friend of mine, Jay Opak, has a short film that's been a Korean short film that's been playing at festivals all over Korea and some here in the States. And that film is titled Georgia. And it's playing at the Atlanta film festival digitally. We'll link to that uh, in our, in our social media, but it's a very, very powerful film. It's kind of about uh, police violence and and grief. Um, and that brings me to to what I really kind of want to talk about, which, you know, last week in the intros, we were kind of mentioning how heavy everything is and how we're, you know, trying to trying to process it as best we can. I think think all of us kind of are, um, you know, I said something about reading uh, abolitionist writers and, and I think uh, and thinkers. And I think we should all be doing that all the time, uh, especially if you're not familiar with some of those concepts. 
but I did kind of remind myself of like actual like things you can do if you are feeling, you know, a sense of helplessness or, or, uh, you know, just, just, uh, upset and frustrated at all the, at all the heavy shit that goes on, you know? And, uh, it's, I think for myself too, specifically as a white person, it's very important to remind myself and any white people who are listening that, uh, these fights like fights against police brutality and, and inequality, they've always been going on there. There's, they're actively going on people actively, fight their own oppression and it's kind of on us to like learn about that and and kind of get in where we can fit in and one of the ways one of the things you can do is direct action and and it's something we haven't talked about on the show a lot especially lately but like i'm talking about protests and marches and rallies those are still going on those are still going on almost daily here in new york and most cities in this country and a lot of places around the world uh, cause we're, re- we're realizing that our, our fights are connected. And, you know, I think that's something that if you can do it, it really is a powerful thing to do. And, um, like I said, they're happening in almost every city. I highly recommend looking for social justice organizations in your city, black led organizations. These kind of organizations are hosting direct actions all the time. Um, and, and, you know, it's a way for not only to show solidarity, but to show, you know, the powers that be that we're going to fight this shit and we're not, you know, we're paying attention. Another thing I wanted to, to remind myself and everyone of is mutual aid. All these mutual aid networks have popped up and, you know, have existed and have started as in response to the pandemic. Uh, and I highly recommend looking into mutual aid organizations in your area. You're talking about giving people uh, delivering groceries to people and making food runs and making uh, runs to the pharmacy for people. And it's a way to get to know your neighbors and kind of actively contribute to a community. Um, so I think that's like, you know, again, you're talking about a lot of people in this country are like underserved by the government and by the systems that are in place. So it's kind of like on all of us citizens to like kind of get in get in and, and work together, um, you know, especially within the specific local community that you live in. One other thing that we can do is vote. And I've beat this drum on the show before, and I'm going to continue to the New York city mayoral and, and city council and, and, uh, some other positions as well. The primaries are happening June 22nd, and that's going to be on us before we know it. And the only thing I want to say is there's only one candidate who is aggressively calling for changing and dismantling a lot of these systems and institutions that are in place. And that's Diane Morales, Diane Morales. I'm going to say her name, maybe every podcast from now on, because I've been back in the world now and I've talked to people and still it seems like not enough people like know who she is. And if you don't, I highly recommend looking her up. Uh, as important as it is not to like put politicians on a pedestal, she, she is about these fights and she is committed. And like, you know, I, I can't uh, stress enough how uh, much of an opportunity we have to change things specifically in, in New York uh, through, through this mayoral election. If we make the right choice, you know, it's like a lot of the candidates represent the same status quo, but yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, thank you, Mary Bess and George and our listeners for, for, uh, listening to that, but 
you know, just wanted to express that. So now we're going to go ahead and check in with our favorite bar regular producer, Mary Bess for MB's booth, MB's regular booth. Thank you, Dave. And thank you very much for touching on some heavier topics today. I, I appreciate um, you sharing some active things that we can do, particularly as allies in support of this ongoing fight. Um, and I think it's a, a, a really important thing to remind ourselves of each and every day. Um, as we also take care of ourselves and take care of our communities and the people that we love. Um, so with regards to what I'm going to talk about today, um, I just want to say it looks like we're making our way out of the woods with this vaccine rollout. We still have some ways to go. I don't want to speak too soon, of course. And here at Know Your Roles, we encourage you to get vaccinated, continue wearing your mask in public spaces, and keep distancing and washing your hands whenever possible. All that being said, there is a glimmer of hope, and that can feel really exciting. And as many are preparing to step out into the world, quite literally, I know we're all thinking the same thing. What am I going to wear? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I've been reassessing my wardrobe, sorting through what I have, looking to make donations, and also thinking about buying some new pieces for the summer. And I want to encourage our listeners to make conscientious choices when it comes to buying new clothes. Uh, my good friend, writer Sam Corbin, penned a really phenomenal article for insider.com in January of last year, which explains why buying clothing from secondhand sources helps offset the environmental damage caused by the rise of fast fashion. New sustainably made clothing exists, but experts stress that buying used is the way to go, despite the fact that the resale industry isn't perfect. Grassroots action, better regulation, and consumer awareness can help improve the current sustainable fashion landscape, plus recycled fashion can be really fun. Um, I personally love the idea of finding a piece that speaks to a particular moment in time because it's like living in a time capsule. Um, and human beings are awesome creatures, but we are wasteful creatures too. So please, when you're sorting through your clothes in the coming months, coming years, consider donating lightly used pieces to local shelters and organizations like the American Red Cross, Goodwill, and Dress for Success. Try to buy secondhand anywhere from eBay to Poshmark to any local thrift or vintage stores in your neighborhood. In many instances, this can also be a great way to support small and BIPOC-owned businesses if you're willing to do a little research before you shop. Look for Sam Corbin's article in this week's resources and find more of her work at samanthacorbin.com. Great. Thank you so much, Mary Bess, for sharing. That is a, uh, that question hasn't gone away. I, I went away for a year and now it's back. What are you going to wear? <laughs> right. I mostly just live in my pajamas these days, but you know, going outside is also a, an appealing thing. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> so hopefully we get to do more of that as we continue to take care of each other. All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. Please, George, be like Rufus and Shaka Khan and <laughs> tell me something good. What do we got going on next week? I can't believe you just waited for this long to do that. That's, that's the greatest the greatest thing I've ever heard of. Uh, one of my first singers. Anyway, uh, next week we got one more round. It's just going to be uh, you and me and producer Mary Beth. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one because I, I, I love the guests. I love when we have guests, but every once in a while, I want to 
you know, just want to hang out with the, with you guys. So we'll have a whole new set of bar talk topics. We're going to have a whole new game. And it's, we're going to have a lot of fun for you guys. It's like, we'll be still be here if you guys keep listening. All right. That's going to do it. I want to go ahead and thank George. Thank you to producer Mary Best. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to our amazing team who did our theme song, Alan Tech Kid, Nate88, and Kazo Oslo. Please subscribe, rate, and review Know Your Roles wherever you get your podcasts. And everyone, please be safe and be healthy. And for me, as my usual send-off, everybody was clean this week. Nobody to call out, nobody to shout out. So continue New York to be wearing your mask over your fucking nose. Thank you and good night. We're out. Who know the road of the